evening I'd like to study a uh, verse of scripture in 1 Peter. And uh, we may uh, agree or disagree on this. I think it's interesting to, to study this. It's the thing that I have to look at occasionally because I kind of kind of forget. Uh, but anyway, we'll take a look at this uh, this evening. And I saw this recently, I can't remember, maybe Facebook or something like that, but did Jesus go to hell for a time in those three days? And he was in the grave three days and three nights. So did Jesus go to hell during that period of time? And uh, we might say that, of course, there is a difference between hell and lake of fire. The lake of fire had not is not even mentioned in the Torah of Revelation, so it couldn't have been a lake of fire, but hell. So did Jesus go to hell in those three days and three nights? And we hear that some believe that, uh, that he did. But if he did, why? Was it for more suffering for him? Well, I don't think anybody believes that. So then why... Would, uh, would we think that he, what purpose would he go to hell? And some say, well, it's to preach those that are in hell. Those souls that are in hell, he went to, uh, to hell for three days and, uh, and to preach to them. But yeah, I think it's and you hear that, uh, well, uh, so they'd have a second chance. You know, they didn't make it the first time. So he goes, and they have a second chance. But you know, we'll, we'll kind of show uh, by the scriptures that, that he didn't, but let's try to, to think of something from the very beginning. When they, our mind, and, and as we read the scriptures, I understand why we may think that. But when you say, okay, well, he went to, to preach to those souls that went to hell because they weren't good enough the first time around, so then it gives them a second chance. A second chance at salvation. But you know, salvation was never my chance. And I don't plan on directing my lesson that way tonight. But I think it's important we understand that and that would that would help our minds if we if we realize salvation is not by chance anyway. We can read in before uh, New Testament times, uh, we can read and uh, Romans uh, said that Jacob have I loved and Esau have I hated. It was by election, not by chance. They were still in the womb. God elected before they were born, before they did any good, before they did any evil. So it wasn't chance for them. And in New Testament times, we read in Ephesians that God chose his elected Christ before the foundation of the world. That they'd be whole without blame. There's no, no chance. John chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice. I know of I give them eternal life and they will never perish. There's no chance. So, 
To me, that would make us at least have second thoughts. I'm going to say, well, okay, yeah, why would he go? To give him a second chance? Well, there's, there's never a chance to begin with. So that would make us at least question that a little bit. So why would we think that? What, what are those thoughts based on? So I want to read the first Peter, which is, and again, as we read this, you can understand uh, where these thoughts may come from. And so I would just like to take an honest look and study at the evening. So 1 Peter chapter 3, and uh, we'll start in verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, that he might bring, uh, uh, bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom... Also, he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, who at one time were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, in which few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure to which even baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Now, we're not going to cover all this. We're not even going to talk about the baptism this evening. Talk about baptism saved, and baptism does save from certain things. And in fact, it saved from future sins if you really want to uh, uh, to study that. But as far as the salvation of our soul, it's Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul said. I determined not to know anything among you. He said, Jesus Christ and crucified. So we talk about our salvation, but it's one way. <laughs> one way. So, uh, baptism, I believe in baptism. Baptism has its place. That's not our study this evening, though. So here, uh, it says, uh, and I'm going to read 18 and 19 again. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached into the, uh, into the spirits in prison. So, some look at this and, 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 and say, well, this is where he preached uh, to the uh, uh, spirits in hell. Doesn't say that, though, does it? But it's where he went and preached to the spirits in hell. And again, I ask the question, well, why, why would that take place? Give him a second chance. There was never a chance, period. But still, we, we want to study this. We want to study it with an open mind. Uh, so, keeping this in mind, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to have to look at several scriptures. It's something you can't just say one scripture, and, and that's it. So we need to look at several scriptures to help us along with this study. Uh, Matthew chapter 12. And 
then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and behold, a greater than Jonah is here. So here, certainly Jesus is going to be in the grave in the heart of the earth, three days and three nights. And uh, Jonah was preaching to those in Nineveh. You, you remember that? And here, one greater than Jonah is here. And certainly all this is true. But again, so these three days and three nights, if he went to hell, we're not talking about the lake of fire, but hell. Why? He said, well, to preach to him. Why? So they'd have a second chance to be saved? Again, who saved our souls? It's Jesus Christ by his sacrifice and his redeeming. Uh, so you say, wait, he went and preached the gospel to them. Uh, the ones that had already died in hell. Uh, so with this thought, and again, I, I want to study this with an open mind. But with this thought, okay, he went to hell to preach to them that were in hell, so they would have a second chance. So what would be the second chance? What would be hearing and believing would be the second chance, I suppose. But you know, if that were true, that would mean that our soul is saved by believing the gospel. Again, our soul is saved by Jesus Christ and his shed blood and in the plan of the Father. So, hearing the gospel message, believing. Now, I, uh, I have been criticized before. Well, actually a lot probably, but, I, but I've been criticized before. Well, I don't put enough importance on belief. Helen, I am so thankful for belief. But does that save my soul? I won't go there. Acts 13, 48. It says, All that was ordained to eternal life believe. Now it doesn't say they believe. Because they believe, they get eternal life. It doesn't say that. All of them that were previously ordained to eternal life, they will believe. So belief is proof to us. Belief is not our salvation from the lake of fire. Jesus Christ again is that. So, uh, so again, why would he preach to souls in hell those three days and three nights? Believing doesn't get you to heaven. 
If they were ordained to eternal life, they wouldn't be in hell to start with. And again, whenever I say hell, I'm not talking about the lake of fire. I'm talking about hell, which there, there's a difference. Uh, so again, if, if it was those three days and three nights, he went to hell. To preach to those, and then they have the opportunity to believe. And then they're told we say, again, Acts 13 48, all that was ordained to eternal life believed. If they don't believe, it means they was ordained to eternal life and they wouldn't be in hell to begin with. So I, I really don't believe in this second chance uh, because there was never a first chance. Again, uh, Jacob and Esau, it was not by chance. The Lord's sheep, it's not by chance. So, uh, did God send Jesus Christ to the dead for three days to preach to them? Whether in hell or Old Testament saints. Not in hell, because we have we have that uh, thought that arises as well. Well, he went the Old Testament saints that died, maybe not in hell, but he went back to preach the gospel message to them that they'd be saved. We're not saved. We're saved by what the gospel declares, Jesus Christ, but not by the gospel message. So, so we still have the question, did he go back there? But let me, let's ask this question. Can we find an answer to this? Where did he go? Now, we, we read that scripture in, in Peter that I understand it would maybe cause us to look certain ways. But let's try to answer this question. Where did he go? Where did he go? We know he went to the grave. We know he went to the. Uh, he, we know he's in that tomb. Two days, two nights. Where did the spirit? Where did the spirit go? Over to hell and, and preach to those there. And again, we may speculate that, but what what can we find in scripture? Where did he go? Luke chapter twenty-three. Us. Uh, Luke chapter 23. And I enjoy this type of study as we, as we look at things open-mindedly and, and, uh, and uh, open some thoughts and close to some thoughts. Luke 23. And maybe give us more things to study as well. Luke 23 and 39. And you'll know this is a familiar uh, time. And this is when he's on the cross. And one of the malefactors who were hanged railed at him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Does not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And listen. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I said to thee, Today 
Thou shalt be with me in paradise. Where were, now I know, I know his body. I know they took it and they put it in the tomb. Where did the spirit of Jesus go? We got scripture says we're going to go to paradise. That's not hell. Again, I know it's between hell and like a fire, but right now we're, we're not wanting to get into that discussion. But we can speculate he went to hell to preach of these to give him a second chance. But it is speculation. But here, I know for sure he was going to paradise. Uh, and then let's see let's go to verse 46 and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice he said father into thy hands I command my spirit and having said this he gave up the spirit the father into thy hands I command thy spirit was it, let me ask you something. Was the Father in hell? I think we all think no, the Father wasn't in hell. So where did the Spirit go? To the Father. Paradise. So we don't have to speculate on this. We have scriptures. We know this is exactly where he went. So then what? So we know where, we know where Jesus went. We know he went to paradise. We know... His spirit into the hands of the Father. We know that's where he went. We don't have to speculate. We know that. But, what is it talking about in Peter then? And I want to read that again, 1 Peter 3, 18 and 19, because it is interesting or intriguing, maybe. Uh, for Christ, 1 Peter 3, uh, 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3, 19. For Christ also hath once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. It says, by whom or by which? How did he go and preach to the spirits in prison? We're talking about the spirit too. The spirit too. But how did he go and speak to these spirits uh, uh, in, in prison? It says, if you look at the last part of verse 18, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the spirit, by whom? By, by what? By whom? By the spirit. By the spirit also he went and preached to the spirits in heaven. So by the spirit... He went and preached to thee. Uh, so he, so the Lord, God, did preach to spirits in prison. Doesn't say like a fire. Or I mean, it does say hell. And then it goes on to talk about Noah and so forth. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. Isaiah chapter uh, 42. Again, I think it's a very uh, interesting study. Isaiah chapter 42. So remember, now by his spirit, he preached to these 
one he's talking about. It didn't say they were in hell. But by his spirit, by the spirit, they were preached to. Uh, okay, Isaiah 42. And verse 6. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. I will hold thine hand and will keep thee and give thee for a covenant of the people for a light of the nations to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from the prison and those who sit in darkness out of the prison house. And yes, this is prophesying about Jesus Christ. And we're going to send him to open the eyes of the blind and so forth and to free from prison. Yes. But, you Bible students, have you, uh, have you seen a place in the Lord's walk where he went to the prison? And set them free? Isaiah 61. And I hope all this will make sense as we uh, get a little farther into it. Isaiah 61. The Spirit, and verse 1, Isaiah 61, 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prisons to those who are bound. So remember this about uh, uh, proclaiming liberty to the captives and so forth, and opening the prisons that are bound and set those free that are in bonds and so forth. Try to keep that in mind. And now let's go to Luke. Now I realize none of these scriptures individually have, have proven our point yet. Luke chapter 4. But certainly prophesied that he is going to preach freedom to the liberties and, and let those out of and free those out of bondage. Luke chapter 4. And verse. And he, uh, uh, and he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, as was his custom, uh, custom, custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So here's the Lord, he knows on the synagogue, synagogue uh, on the Sabbath, and he stood up to read a scripture. Maybe something similar, but we have a scripture lesson on, on uh, Sunday morning. Maybe something similar to that. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. So they handed him the book of Isaiah, which we have. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. So all these things, yeah, he, the Lord uh, is sent to uh, open the blind eyes and, and to set the captive free and, uh, and set them at liberty and so forth. And verse 19, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down. And all the eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And listen to what he said. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So when the Lord came and his ministry and his ministry upon the earth, he was he was preaching, set the captive free. That's what, he was preaching liberty. He was preaching uh, freedom and, and, and deliverance and so forth. So he and that's what he told him. He said, "This day, this is fulfilled in your eyes." We read it back in Isaiah. So this is not referring to going back to hell. Here, even in the church age, in the age of the church, came to preach and, and liberty. Setting free. Yet we don't see him going to a prison house and breaking people out of jail. So, as we look at this prophesied, we see it coming to pass when he's reading it here. So, who are these prisoners? How were they taken captive? How were they kept free? Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Second chapter. Uh, Second Timothy two and twenty-four. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to preach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose him, if God perhaps will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So Satan, we talked about Satan. He, he wanted Peter, didn't he? He desired to sift him as weak. The Lord said, I pray for you. He's not going to take you. Nor is he going to take any of the Lord's sheep. We could talk about the son of Jesus, but he's not going to take any of the Lord's sheep that the Lord has ordained to have this eternal life. But, talking about a devil making them captive. But yet we read prophesied in Isaiah. We read where he, where the Lord read in the book of Isaiah, come to set the captive, or the, he read the prophecy about him, that he come to set the captive free. He said, it's fulfilled in your eyes today. So, um, we'll go back, talk about the, about Noah and so forth. But right now, let, let's look at what, I guess, dear to me, what about now? 
and the captives and the prisoners so forth until he was set free. Galatians chapter 5. Now, this Apostle Paul, or someone may even actually been the pen for him, but Paul, the Paul was the one that the Holy Spirit gave him these words to have recorded for you and I today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Stand fast in the liberty with which Christ has made us free. And his prophesied that's why he kind of wanted to set the captives free. Those in prison. So, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty with which Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What was the yoke of bondage? The law of Moses. You go down through the readers, talking about the letter of the law of Moses. Don't be entangled in that again. Christ comes and set us free. So uh, many are under this yoke of bondage and put there by the devil, the tool of God, to the religious world then and now. So many people deal in captivity. If they're going to be free, how are they going to be free? The Lord came to set them free by his teaching. Uh, I think we have time, maybe. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. And again, I want to get back to the Old Testament again, but I want to see it here in the New Testament as well. Acts chapter uh, 15. We used to read this a lot. We haven't read it too much recently. But this is where a, a group came to the first church of Jerusalem, came there to Antioch, preaching to them. Might be something like you know, we had a Bible conference and we had different speakers come. Maybe something similar to that. But they all looked up to the first church in Jerusalem. But here we have the church in Antioch. And now some of these uh, uh, came down from the first church in Jerusalem and they go preach for it. Verse 1, Acts 15. And certain men who came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. So they came down to preaching. They may have preached Christ a little bit, but they said, The way we saved, it's circumcision and the law of Moses. That's what he preached to them. So then they, you know, they got a committee together. They stand up to Jerusalem about this uh, situation. We pick up on verse 5 after they was up there. But there rose up certain sect of the Pharisees who believed. So there was a lot of them believed that Jesus Christ was of the Elzebub. But some of them believed that he was not. But We'll see, well, let me read it again. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees who believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So some of these were still preaching the way is uh, circumcision and the law of Moses. That's what they were preaching. And then Uh, let's just start in verse 6 and read down through uh, verse 10 and 11. 
And the apostles and elders came together to consider this matter. This was a great discussion and, and, and much disputing. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said to them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knoweth the heart, bore them witness, giving them the Holy Spirit, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why put God to the test to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. And this yoke is the law of Moses. Because that's what they come preaching. Remember? Y'all be circumcised, keep the law of Moses, and be saved. So now Peter makes it stood up and, and gets a lot of disputing. He says, well, why do you do this? You're putting this yoke of bondage, because we're talking about bondage and being in prison and being in captivity. Why do you put this yoke upon the neck of the disciple. And you know what the yoke is? The yoke, uh, and, and there was different, I guess, uses for it in, in, in later days, but really, that was what they put on the shoulders and everything, the attached into what? The heavy load that they would pull. That's what the yoke is. So he says, why put a yoke upon the neck of the disciple? which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. You come down from Jerusalem, down to Antioch, telling they got to keep the law of Moses and be circumcised to be saved. Why do you put this heavy burden on them? We can't carry it. You couldn't carry it. Our fathers couldn't carry it. Why are you putting this on there? They weren't able to bear it. And listen to what he says in verse 7. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved, even saved. Not saved of that long. Or circumcision. But through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the reason I want to read this, and these Pharisees, and those that were said, hey, you got to be circumcised, keep the law of Moses, be saved. They was putting in captivity, putting in bondage, putting a yoke on, yoke to a burden that they couldn't carry. So they were in bondage and everything. Uh, and then, made free how? What did he say? Verse 11. We believe that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we should be saved in his sake. So Jesus Christ set the captive free. Not putting them in bondage that they couldn't carry, set the captive free. Uh, uh, we're about out of time. We'll take a nice look. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I would go with God and the truth. Just set you free. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. So how did he set the captive free? He came to set the captive free, and that's exactly what he did. What he does, and he's still doing. 
Uh, so, oh gosh, uh, our text. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, by Jesus Christ and his Spirit. And I'm not going to have time to get into that part of it. We'll have to take this up again. I didn't want to do that. But, uh, so we want to go, so we, we, we've asked, him, I think, some good questions. If, if we think he did go to hell and preach to those, why? I can't get the second chance thing. It was nothing's ever by chance anyway. So we have read in the New Testament, well, we read where it prophesied that Jesus would come to set the captives free. And we see that, we've seen that where he does that. Uh, Peter said we believe, you know, through Jesus Christ will save. And, and, and that's how we're set free from this bondage and so forth. But we do want to go back to uh, Nehemiah's time and Zachariah's time and Noah's time and see there, because that's what it kind of refers to directly. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who at one time were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. So there was disobedience in the time of Noah, the time of Zechariah, and, and there was disobedience all through Israel's history, wasn't there? But let me, one thing, by, by, by whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison. How did he preach to these that were in captivity, these were in prison, how did he preach to them? It says in verse 18, by the Spirit, by whom he also went and preached to the Spirit in prison. We're not getting back to, to Noah and some of those yet, but let me just say this. We, we talked about the New Testament time. Jesus comes to set the Catholic free. Now Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he set me free from that hell. I was the one looking through the law. I, I didn't understand, didn't understand anything, but I always heard, you be good, you go to heaven, you be bad, you go to the other place. As I studied the law of Moses, and, and when I started in Genesis, and as I got the law of Moses, I thought, there's, there's no way for me. And the Lord in his own time brought me to this church. And I was set free. But how was I set free? And you people know how I love Brother Olson, Brother Don. I hope you know how much I love this. But they didn't set me free. They were tools of God. But it was by the Spirit. We, we could talk, we don't have time now. We could talk about the comfort of His Spirit that I believe dwells uh, in, in His body. So, by his spirit, I was set free. And people today are still beginning to see, and their eyes are beginning, beginning to be opened, and they're set free from this captivity of the Mosaic law and the darkness that they were in. But by the spirit, by the comforter, 
Now, I know the comforter, I believe, was sent for a certain period of time. But just to give you something to think about in the Old Testament, in Noah's time, and all those other times, how did he preach to them? By his spirit. You just need another little clue. But the Old Testament prophets, what were they led by? The spirit of God. Maybe we're blessed to speak in this book. We are dismissed.